This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Ross with Longley Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. Boy, boy, do I have some stuff. Can you hear me okay? Do I sound yeah? Do you, do, you, do you sound okay to you? I mean, you sound better than I do in my headphones, but that's all that matters. Are you you're turned turned up all the way though, right? I guess turned up enough. Oh, oh Kobe, big baller. Oh, well, I'll finish that one later. <laughs> finish that later. Got this new little work to try out. If anyone's going to be in the greater Hilton Head and Bluffton, South Carolina area, I will be working at the Drew Estate Cigar Event tomorrow night. Oh. February 17th. I'll be there from 5 to 9. Are you there representing Buford Tobacco? Yes. Nice. Raj needed someone to work. And I was like, all right. Get a little extra cash. I don't think it'll be super busy. No? I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, and it could probably be like four hours of hell, but. We'll I don't know, man. Those events I went to at Raja's place were always pretty freaking banging. But what do I know? Well, see, the difference with this one is this newer shop's like on the other side of the county. And so I don't think there's going to be as many of our people on this side going to that. But I think we'll still see some of the people that come from that side of town to the shops over here for the events. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So I don't know. We'll see. Noise. You're, if you're also in that area and you want to come get some banging ass pizza, I work out a pizza place up there called the Upper Crust Monday through Wednesday. So there's also that. A pretty good strong boy. You're the worst kind of people, you know that? Why? You come into a pizza place and you get freaking pasta. Stromboli is not pasta. What is stromboli? I don't even know what that is. It's, it's some like, type of pasta. Like a calzone, except it's not a calzone. I've literally never seen that. Maybe I don't think you guys have stromboli. Okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's just the, Do I need to turn this down more? Maybe it's the ladies island thing. Not for me. I feel I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. So I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. Didn't I should have had my cigar ready to go? You always light that thing up like as we start. I know. Well, I like to savor it. Yeah. Next most important step in being prepared. Your eight o'clock bang. Or that's a rain, isn't it? Yeah. Boy, this rainbow sherbet is delicious. I thought you were cutting those things out, man. From what? I thought you were only drinking the sugar free ones. Those are sugar free. Oh, they, the rains are? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They got uh, that sugar-free uh, monster now, too, the regular monster. Okay. At first, I was scared to try it because I was like, it's probably going to taste horrible. But Derek Dykstra was like, no, nah, man, they actually did a really good job. And it does taste just like the regular monster, but zero sugar. It's like 10 calories. I don't know, man. That white one, just it's so it's good. It's hard to beat. It's so it's freaking good, man. When I was, I wish they would make like a drink that tasted just like it, just without caffeine. I don't even know what flavor it's supposed to be. I don't either, but it's That's the funniest part. It's, like, it's so good, but I honestly couldn't tell you what flavor it is. I don't think they... Does it even list a flavor on it? I don't it? think so, no. 
No, oh, man, I, I drank those things just for the taste. But then they started giving me problems. So here we are. Yeah. Here we are, episode 184 of the Herbeticulture Podcast, which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you need a rack, you need a cage. Black box is all the rage. Check them out. You've been working on that one, haven't you? That's become like the one. We're in the process of... They're stacked with racks. Getting sort of plans together for an arboreal rack. Um, oh, man, that needs to happen. Well, see, those 20-quart tubs there. Yeah. I love those tubs. They're good, but I, I would like to see them a little bigger. Like how much bigger? Like the tub like, that I showed you. Ideally, for an ar like an arboreal rack, what size tub would you want? I remember I sent it to you one time and I pulled it up. I think it's like a. Not like those Christmas tree tubs. No, 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 nothing like that. It's basically the next size up from that. Hmm. Like, you know, about. Yay. About like, yay. Oh, I, I think, think it's I like remember. a 70 quart yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think they do a 70. Um, 70 or 80, something like see, that. See, I don't know. See, like, I like those. So I like to start out, if we're talking like baby rhinos and green trees. Yeah. yeah I like no, to start out at six quarts. And then once they've outgrown that, that 20 quart lasts a minute. Yeah, no, it is a great tub. My yeah. only thing is like, you know, for rhinos and conjures, that's one thing. But for something like, you know, a rat snake or a carpet that's going to grow a bit faster, they're going to outgrow that pretty damn yeah. quick. So maybe carpets. I think so much, we're kind like of rat snakes. We're sort of working on on focusing on the De like designing that with right. sort of the the slower like more traditional arboreal stuff in mind but what about guys like me like to keep the rat snakes um, in tall tubs you just have to there's always walmart stick it up hours i don't know i think you could get like a solid amount of time though for like a, a young yellow rat like a neonate yellow rat or something would go ham in one of those oh yeah tubs. no yeah for sure I don't know. I just, I like those tubs. I also like them because they're not flimsy. Like it's a harder plastic. Right. And so like when you grab it with one hand, you don't get like the weird flex that you get yeah. with some of the baseline stair, uh, stair lights. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. <clears throat> I sent those, that particular model to Jen. Cause really, I don't think there's a handful of factors that people I think don't take into consideration when they think about why cage companies don't come out with new stuff all like regularly and it a lot of it i have come to find is is all about availability of the actual tubs you're designing it for right like walmart has those clear shoe boxes that i showed you those mm -hmm. nice acrylic ones like those would be awesome for a rack like, oh, especially yeah. a conjure rack hey, right but i don't think you can buy those in bulk and um, I'm sure, like, like if you were able to, sourcing those would be would be tough. You know what I mean? So, like, right. I don't think Black Box could go and find out, you know, wherever Walmart's getting those made and be like, okay, I need, like, a thousand of these. Instead, like, you have to go with Sterilite or some of the major, like, major brands right. that make these things as... And you have to the, go through Sterilite. I, yeah, I assume so. I'm not right. sure, but... So people, you know, when they're wondering, like, how come they don't make racks for tub X or tub Y, it's, it's because if they do that, then that rack is is built for that tub. And if that tub disappears now, people have a rack and they're 
the, the tubs they have are like, that's it. Right. You know, it's not like I could just go out and buy a replacement or an alternative that happens to fit, right. uh, which I mean, you may, but I've found that even when you try to find something that's technically supposed to be the same dimensions, right. it never fits. Exactly. A lot of tubs are so fine tuned, yeah. like to their size to, for whatever reason. But yeah, I definitely see that. Mm-hmm. But those, those sterilites in particular, I like those a lot. Um, I just drill like maybe a series of holes in the middle, in the front or off to the sides of the center. And that's where I'll attach um, perches. Or if I have one of those like ladder perches from Brahms. Yeah. uh, Which I still have some in there. Those were nice. Um, Especially for conjures. Those were great. Yeah. Yeah. And as as they kind of outgrew that, I just switched them over to some of those Manzanita perches. I still have that young conjure from Luke. uh, That's in a standalone 20 court right now with some, some of those Manzanita branches. And he seems to like those. He hangs out on the thinnest one possible. Per usual. Yep. Um, so we're working on, on we've the problem, the arboreal rack thing, like me and Jen have been talking about, like I initially thought of some ideas for like a Cambro rack, but we were hesitant about the Cambro thing because Cambros are expensive. Not everyone's going to want to drop $300 on Cambro tubs or however much it is for however right. many it gets made for. Um, so they were considered, um, but now we're kind of getting back to it because I think we're seeing sort of a people are asking for for arboreal options. So There's a demand for it for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I thought about some of the iris tubs, which I think some other arboreal wrecks that I've seen from other people, whether they were actual companies or independent. Um, I think they use some of the taller iris tubs, and those look nice. I think if I had a choice between those iris tubs and these sterilites, I would go with these sterilites just because they are, I think, a little wider. Right. But and Sterilite, no matter what, is going to be a good option to go with because those tubs really aren't going anywhere. Sterilite's been around for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it depends on the because there's so many different types of Sterilite containers, you know. So it's definitely going to be a matter of picking which style is best for a rack. And then, you know, again, what size. What I did find was that you can buy six quart Sterilites from Uline. I think I knew that. I did not know that. So I think you can get a, they come in like boxes of 12. Hmm. And I think a, a box of 12 of those is like 36 bucks. Oh, wow. That's not bad. Which isn't bad. Um, so if you're looking for the traditional six quart, Uline is an option. Um, but check out Black Box. Keep an eye out on what we got, uh, got in the works via Facebook or Instagram, blackboxcages.com. Sign up for the newsletter, stay in the loop, all that good stuff. Uh, and then this show is also brought to you by Steve Snake Cherry and his Venom Hot Sauce. Also, be sure to check that out. Get you the whole set, collect them all. You will you will like them. Gotta catch them all. Even, even say you buy them all and you use them all, you can still keep the bottles and have them i think actually you could like it would be kind of cool to grow plant clippings in some of those like oh uh, yeah that would be kind of cool yeah so and do a cool little display of uh several mm-hmm. venomous yeah. snakes steve snakesuary.com yeah also check that out yeah and uh if you're buying his hot sauce you're helping him with education like public education helping people realize that cotton mouths do not chase them um that that pythons do not size you up in your sleep and eat you uh and that copperheads are 
are not aggressive. That's that's a lie. And uh, he's relocating stuff. He's rehabilitating stuff. He takes things in that people can't take care of anymore. He's he's doing all kinds of good stuff. So if you're buying that hot sauce, you're helping him do that. Yep. Um, so please check out both these fine folks. Yeah. Steve's They're been a sponsor great. for a long time now. He's, Almost uh, since the beginning. Dude, we're coming up on five yeah. years. Oh, my God. Like, what? literally inside of the next three years, next three weeks. Five, five years? Five. Wow. Doesn't it feel like it's been a lifetime? Yeah, it does, but also it's kind of like, damn, it's been five years already? Like. A lot's happened That's though, nuts. but in that yeah, five dude. years, like you oh think about it. Oh my god, so much has happened in the last five years. That's a long time, man. Crazy. Like that's a that's a long time. We've had a three different recording places now. This being the third. Yeah. In those five years, it's kind of funny. Shows changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Created the network. I mean, just like even just mm-hmm. outside of this, like stuff you've dealt with and getting married and buying a house and all that stuff here and like that was him not me just craziness you know just yeah it's wild because it seems like it really wasn't that long ago either that all this just starting out started yeah it's been a it's been wild time flies and you're having fun sure does um there's a period that wasn't very fun for me but yeah we we, we don't talk about that that was when he was He's being held against his will by Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. If you are still interested, we have the Slate Read Raffle still going on. You have about 10 more days before we're... So the 27th of February is when we're going to be drawing winners for that. There's still slots available on a, on a handful of things. So check that yeah. out at the herpeticulturenetwork.com. It's going to be right there on the homepage. It should be, should be the first thing you see when you get there. Uh, has all the rules and how you enter and stuff there. Things are filling up, and I'm excited to to draw for that because we've yeah. got some cool stuff. There's some things that have are completely filled up now that slots aren't even available for anymore. Man, those black box cages, black filled box up quick, bio G's, man, quick, man. I'm talking like what was it? it? Wasn't even a week. Pretty much both of them were filled, wasn't it? Yeah, two weeks. About, I think they were awful. Yeah. Um, Every slot. That's. For those. I mean, that's that bio G. I know I've talked about it a lot. Like that's such a great versatile yeah. size cage for, you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, obviously you're not going to keep your, your monster arboreal stuff in those, but for things like rhinos and smaller chondros and raising some stuff up, I think they're, they're perfect. Yeah. They're great displays uh, for pretty much anything that can utilize some height. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it's not going to last a lot of your major arboreal stuff, but stuff like smaller arboreal geckos lifetime perfect cage you know and uh just smaller species it's it's a great cage and if you like displaying stuff at, at a smaller size you know rat snakes carpets conjures like it's perfect for yeah and perfect i think for it, anything it really was sort of originally designed i think more for like cresteds and gargs and, and oh yeah stuff I'm like sure. that but yeah. I've, I've come to find that it works great for uh rhinos is what i keep Four of my five rhinos are in BioGs. Mm-hmm. Two of those are adult size. I mean, they're not like full full bore adult size, but they're living in those comfortably. They use the hell out of them. Um, 
I got the male persimmon in one of them, and he when he's he's already in shed again. He's had like back to back sheds. Oh wow, so it's really pretty interesting. So he's was the, been when, was the female rock and roll. Just oh yeah, good? oh yeah, nice man. She's got some more size on her than than him. Oh um, wow. But when he's not in shed, he's out and stuff all the time, hanging out and doing his thing. Yeah, so. I seen him last time I was over here. It's great, great cages. Just out chilling. And uh, so, like, our buddy Justin Olson, who lives over in Bluffton, uh, who moved down there recently, um, he's got some some uh, basins that he wants to get some bio G's for, which I think would be awesome. I think that yeah. they have having the open side vents and stuff is is perfect for things like that for good ventilation. Yeah. Um, when you're keeping things sort of ambient like I am, I think that's why it works really well for the rhinos is because it has good ventilation and, you know, things don't get muggy. Stagnant. Yeah. The thing ventilation is an important thing no matter what. You know, I know it's harder to keep up on some of your higher humidity species, but you do it right, man. And ventilation is important for a lot of things if you're not keeping ambient. You know, I think that's a mistake a lot of people make you know including myself in the past you know not I, enough yeah i mean i honestly not enough ventilation man i think that's one of the most overlooked yeah sort of parts of, of how we're keeping things i mean i even still have tubs now um where i open them up and i'm like man like this you can sort you almost feel the difference of the humidity yeah. in the tub versus outside of it and then you know the smell of of the bedding, if yeah. it's really strong, then I'm like, ah, this probably needs more. So yeah. there's a couple I need to take out and, and add more to. Um, and I think, it's, I mean, we've talked about it with Subox and um, like Centicolis and stuff mm -hmm. like that, where like venicate, or ventilation really, really, really yeah, needs to, they need to have good ventilation. Otherwise they seem to just struggle a little bit. So yeah. that's... um definitely something that that i think is overlooked a lot and i spend a lot <clears throat> of time melting holes and dubs because i put a lot of holes in all my stuff you know it's well it's stuff like nerodia too i mean yeah it's so gross so quick yeah no, they, pines too i think colubrids in general it, it's important anything again i i'm of the aspect of anything anything it's important to have a lot of ventilation you know again a lot of people I think a lot of people don't put a ton in for the more higher humidity stuff to hold it in longer, but at the same time, that's just asking for bacteria. Even and, then, I think there's know, a sweet like, spot. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and at that point, just spray them down more. I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's the that's the bouncing act. That's the hard part. Yeah. Is like you want to keep them humid, but you don't want to keep them wet. Like there are two exactly. very different things. And yeah, in the morph market community, like the forum section. Uh, which I I'm on pretty regularly and checking. Um, someone asked some questions about chondros, and that was one of the things was like humidity. You know what should it be at? Like I'm you know they're worried that they haven't gotten a chondro yet, but they were wanting to get one, and so they were looking for clarification on a few things they had read. And I told them like I was about to type out just a, a really long explanation <laughs> as far as humidity goes and how you want to have that sweet spot, but the problem is. is I don't know where they live, so I don't know if they're out west where humidity is a constant battle for keeping it in, yeah. or if they're down in South Florida where keeping things ventilated is priority. Um, yeah. And it's it's tough. And I think so. Like a good example is that Sharphorn cage that I have that that cube from yeah. PVCCages.com that I got many years ago. 
that I got for Gondros. Uh, I put the Rhino in there and added mulch, like Cypress mulch, and it was as is out of the bag. I did. You sometimes I'll dry it out, like I'll put it in the bin and put the fan on top of it and let it really get it dry so it's not right. wet wet put it in there and i had like adding the the new light in there and stuff like that like there's no heat added to it right but the humidity like it was getting really yeah really thick in there like, it was a little foggy in there the glass was like fogging up constantly yeah. and like the water bowl was sweating all the time and so finally i was like okay clearly there's not enough ventilation and i think with those on the like literally the only ventilation on those is two like three inch vents on the back mm -hmm. of a two foot cube. And so I like thinking like, well, I got to figure this out because that's probably like rhinos. I don't think do well in super humid, constant settings like that. Right. So I took my drill and found the biggest drill bit and you saw it. I mean, I just around the door just drilled holes. Yeah, you went, you I was like, you know thing. what? I was like, it's, I mean, yeah. hey, it's not a black box cage. So I was like, if something <laughs> happens to it, it's okay. Um, yeah. And that actually, that seemed to do the trick. And it's yeah. it's kind of struck the balance of keeping it humid enough and then ventilating it to where it's not condensating and stuff. Um, but, I mean, most PVC cages, I think now, especially the ones from black box, are like that sweet spot that's already there. Right. You know, because I have the Jansen Eye in that, in that XT3 or XT4. Mm-hmm. And um, it's plenty humid in there, but nothing is ever wet, right. like it's, except for that that humid hide. So I don't think it's as much of an issue as it as it was with older manufacturers of stuff. Um, right. But it can definitely be tough. Like I said, when it starts getting really really foggy in there in the the rhino cage, it's like I know this is just going to be bad because. Rhinos need ventilation. That's a species that I think yeah. where they come from in their natural history, like the, the airflow and ventilation is wide open. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. What's been new with you? Anything exciting happening? Uh, not really, man. I got stuff in cooling, which this weather is not helping that at all. It was 75 today. Yeah, it's more of a warming at this point. <laughs> Um, but still getting cold at night, and it's supposed to get cold next week. Um, so I'm hoping these being southern-type animals, they would be okay with warmer days and then the cold nights. Because it's been getting down into the low 50s. You know, mm -hmm. Last week, we had some nights in the high 40s. Um, so they're still getting the nightly cool at the least. It's warming up a, way more than I prefer during the day. But... I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. And then next week it's supposed to drop again because we're supposed to get rain tomorrow. Um, Are we really? Fronts, yeah. Cold fronts follow the rain. Rain pushes in warm fronts. Hence the warm weather recently. Um, so I'm hoping we get some cold weather. If not, them suckers are going to come out and I'm going to cross my fingers and hope it was enough. Um, I, I pulled everyone out over the weekend. Yeah. How long did you have them down? Two months? Uh, just before around Thanksgiving is when they oh, went wow. down. Okay. So yeah, I'm down for a while, but none of them ever moved into here just because like we had those, that got crazy really cold, cold snap that we had and yeah. got back to being normal, wacky Southern self and cold one week and then 
springtime the next and then back to winter and just the ping ponging. So I left him in the closet. Um, I think they got enough of a cool down. I think with what I'm planning to pair this year, I think that was, a. I think what they hit was enough, you know? Right. So yeah, time will tell. We'll see. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best. If that, if nothing goes, nothing goes, you know, it'll be what it is. Any but... more action from the carpets though? I pulled out one of the one of the males because they were just apart a lot, and you know there was a period where they were together for several days, and then they just kind of split. Yeah, I fed them last week, um, so I'm thinking about throwing the male back in. I gave them each a small meal just to kind of hope that may kick something. So I'll probably put them back in this week. Um, you know, I might do it tomorrow since it's gonna rain. Um, the other pair is still together. That's my repeat from 2020. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping they at least get the job done. I don't know. We'll see. They threw some really wacky babies. So I can, yeah, I'm really hopeful for what they could throw again. And uh, did you do anything different in 2020 than you did? This round in terms of like cooling and pain? the only thing that I could say might have been different in 2020 is maybe my room dropped a little bit more. Um, but I did try to let it drop at night, you know, with the clue birds being ambient, I couldn't let it stay in the low 70s. Um, but again, I'm not opposed to giving clue birds a night drop as long as you warm back up during the day. Um, those are all still eating normally, having any issues. I did let it get down a little bit some days, and um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, I moved. I moved into that house less than a year ago, um, mm-hmm. so that could have been a factor. You know, they haven't acclimated perfectly yet, but it had been several months once I started pairing. So, because I moved in in April of twenty-two, and I paired them up in December, so it was quite a while. Um, but who knows again, you know, yeah, I we'll kind of keep guess. everything ambient now as far as the Calibrids go. So the room stays a tad warmer. Um, but again, I think food cycling is the biggest thing with carpets. I know several people that, you know, they just kind of let the natural temp drops do their thing and they never turn off their heat and, you know, they get fine clutches. So, um, we'll see. Yeah. If nothing goes, nothing goes. You know, I gave it the old college try. We'll revisit next year. But I'm hoping for something. Um, I'm hoping the weather cools down, get these clubbers going. Um, all in all, I could get if I got if I got a perfect perfect year, I would get five clutches, which would be obviously more than anything I've ever produced. It doesn't sound like a lot, but to me that would be a lot and freaking awesome. Um, two guard bearings, three colubrids. So we'll see. Hmm. I don't know. I'm excited though. I'm excited to get the animals out of cooling and start feeding them up and see what happens. Got a rodent order in today to nice. kind of prep for some of that stuff. Um, what so. size rat do you consider those two that I have in the freezer for you? Large. What the hell's a jumbo? That those might be considered jumbos. I don't know. I you'd have to look at the weight and weigh them to be honest. I don't use anything bigger than a medium. 
I've used larges before for carpets, but then you know, looking into it, I'm I like kind of feeding. Um, if you feed a carpet a large, you need to not, unless you're like beefing like up for breeding. You once need a to, month or something. I mean, if it's a large, I would be like month and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, like mediums, I go three weeks to a month. You know, and nobody come at me for that, but that's just me and my carpets stay at a very healthy weight. Nothing mm-hmm. of mine is overweight. You know, and then if I'm beefing up for breeding, I'll go like every two weeks on mediums. Um, but I don't like shoving massive items down their gullet. Um, so those will be good for the females once if either of them lay. Um, I'll give them a couple mediums and then I'll. Well, that's kind of the, the, the size that I'm going to be like when they retire. Like that was two extra males. Like yeah. I had gone through over the weekend and sort of mixed up the groups a little bit and that happened to be two males that i just like i think one of them was fighting with another male and so i went ahead and separated them yeah and then the other one he was just kind of hanging out and i was like i don't have any need to put multiple males in a tub with females like yeah sorry dudes yeah no those are those are big rodents those are bigger than anything i normally use you know and again i've kind of switched most of my carpets to quail now um, as far as the adults go, um, but rats are really good for beefing up and, you know, after, you know, postpartum, um, getting them back up to size. Cause I tell you, man, dude, the last two times I've bred those carpets look freaking deflated. Like they, you can tell that. I remember that smaller so one. She didn't look horrible, but she was definitely, she didn't look horrible, she but she, she was she, a little she, flappy. She was she, she was a little flappy. Uh, she had wings after she was yeah. done. She oh, just about, man. I'm not gonna lie. When she, she like was like laying flat, that tail was well, well mm-hmm. out there. Um, Maybe that's how it so. was with that conjure when she laid. Yeah, like she didn't look. She looked rough, and I guess it's because you're used to seeing them so like toned and right. That I saw her and I was like, damn. But she bounced back super quick. Yeah, both my girls bounced back pretty quick after um, breeding. So, um, you know, I like to get a few small meals in them kind of quick and then hit them with some bigger stuff pretty consecutively and then go back to a normal routine. I got a little overzealous with some of the corns that I pulled out of cooling. (laughs) I had some adult mice and... I was sure that they were like the they were a fine size for an adult corn. Turns out they were a little on the bigger side. Normally, normally would be straight out of cooling. I don't know. I still like it wasn't until they were like a third to halfway down that I was like, that's actually pretty big. Yeah. Um, because two of them regurged, uh, almost at the same time. So went a little too too hard. I think I should have just started with some rat pups and kind of gone from there but i was like ah they're fine like i pulled them out the ones in particular that that regurged i pulled them out of cooling before everything else because they were ones that i was planning on pairing and i wanted to go ahead and get them up and and get some food in them and kind of set myself back a little bit now by doing that because i'm not going to feed them again for you know two or three weeks yeah Uh, just give them something small small something small so that's been fun when you walk in, you smell that smell. Oh, God. That smelly smell. That smells. Smelly. That that unforgettable smell. 
Or, you yeah. know exactly what it is as soon as you smell it. There's two very specific smells on the snaker. One is regurge. One is dropped rodent that's been sitting there for the last two days. Yeah. I don't know which is worse. I almost think regurge is a little I worse, so. but man, there's. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. So now I pretty much check everything after it eats. Like, yeah, just I, to make sure it didn't drop. I have those know? binder clips that are like red. And so if I have stuff that either like regurged or didn't eat or if they're in a shed or like there's some reason that I need to keep an eye on them, mm-hmm. I like put that on the like the little tab on the tubs to lift up the lid, like right. on those individual tubs with the lids, just stick it on there. And then I know sort of like or if I have an animal that I know has a habit of sometimes not eating what's drop fed, marking them that way I know to go back and check. Because I've had a few yeah. worse, like I they eat almost every time, but for some reason I put something in there and they just ignored it. And it's like yeah. two days later, I'm like, what is that? It's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one time, so I drop feed my so my fl- albino Florida male, he was he would tong feed, no, bro, I tong feed pretty much everything. Um, and so he would tong feed mice out the wazoo. Um, and then I started giving him medium rats along with the female because the female started eating rats because she didn't want nothing to do with mice. Um, but then I talked to Chris and started doing some calculations on prices and turned out multiple smaller meals which are genuine, genuine, generally better for colubrids. Um, and in fact, two extra large mice were cheaper than one medium rat. So mm-hmm. I was like, that's oof. So female obviously still eats rats because that's all she'll eat, a little piggy bitch. Um, but the male, I moved back to eating two jumbo mice. And since he got on the rats, he don't want to tongue feed mice. He'll drop feed them. And if I tongue feed him a rat, he destroys it but he'll only drop feed mice. There was one day, so I put a, put two mice on his little plate, you know, and I forgot to check on him that night. I went back in there like two days later, smelled that smelly smell. And I was like, what the hell? He had put it in his water dish, and there was a mouse soaking in his water dish, and I'm like, oh, my God. That was I've had that happen. That was ungodly. Where they've moved it, like it's like I put it on something. Like usually I'll put it in like yeah. a like a deli cup lid or something when I drop feed because I'm weird about substrate. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I don't the mice and whatnot. Um, and it'll be gone, and so I'm like, oh cool, they ate it, and then it's yeah. like I come back and it's like it somehow ended up like under their hide or something, and I thought they, they yeah, you know, that they ate buried it. under the bedding somewhere. So, and... Lo and behold, presents. You bitch. Yeah, no, it's uh, not good. I had I had quite the debacle with rats today. The debacle. You want to hear a, a story? Tell me a story. So I get off work at five usually. We Phil and I had a like a, a Google Meet video chat thing with the guys at Cold Blooded Caffeine today at six, and so I left work like. 4.30, cause I needed to leave, run by the cigar shop, run a little seizures, grab some pizzas for, you know, 
family and Ellie had some friends over or something. Uh, and then I had to go by my parents' house and get you those two frozen rats. Because <clears throat> I have adult rats that, like, I don't have anything that eats anything that big currently. So I'm like, Jake, you need rats? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I was like, perfect. You know, then they'll go to something. Yeah. So while I'm there, I, you know, I, I hustle, sit at Little Caesars for like 15 minutes while they make the uh, supposedly hot and ready. I was about to say, um, that shit's supposed to be hot and ready, it, boy. It, it's usually hot, but it ain't, it's rarely it ready on Ladies Island. Like you walk in there and that whole thing's like empty. I'm like, it's five o'clock, man. You guys know that ever this place is gonna get swamped. I don't know. I I don't know. The logistics of the whole thing seem off to me, but that's yeah. that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so after that, I ran to my parents' house, uh, went to the mouse house and <laughs> checked on rats while I was there. Cause usually if I'm over there, I'll make sure everyone's topped off. I'm I'm there multiple times a week now, checking on them instead of just, you know, Wednesdays or or Tuesdays, whatever to check on the mice like I was before. Now it's mm -hmm. like I'm going there more just to make sure that everyone yeah. has food and water. And I'm glad I did because I went to go check and noticed a nozzle on one of the water lines was missing. And then I look and one of the tubs is an absolute swamp. Yeah. That'll happen. At this point, it's like 530. Oh, God. And so I pull open the tub and the rats had like pushed all the bedding to one end. So they had like dry land to sit on. Oh my God. So I went ahead and I, I pulled out an empty bin. Cause usually while I'm, while I'm cleaning, I'll put them all in a separate bin while I'm cleaning. All because right. if I just leave them like leave an open bin out, they start like oh, trying yeah. to climb and take off and stuff. So I put them all in there. Uh, there was a litter of rat pups um, with only two survivors. Oh God. So, that sucks. They had flooded that tub. And when I looked at the, the water line, they had chewed it. This was the one line that didn't have one of the little brackets that clips, like one of the little clips that clips us to the wire to keep mm -hmm. that tube from even coming in contact with mm -hmm. where they could get it. They had chewed the shit out of it. Uh, the nozzle itself had fallen into the swamp. And so I looked and like they had canoed it. Like they had chewed like one side of it off. And so I was like, of the actual nozzle. No, the hose, the, uh, the line okay, itself, yeah, the, yeah. the tubing. Okay. Um, so I was like, perfect. And so then I quickly got them on dryer bedding, you know, with their two surviving youngsters. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I was like, okay, well now I guess I have to put a clip on this. Um, fortunately I have extra like, a water line like water system pieces and stuff mm. so i ran in the garage dug out that grabbed a clip ran back cut the tube because to cut it flush again um mm -hmm. reattached it and the water the water reservoir was empty it's a five gallon bucket so oh, it was god empty emptied in that empty. thing oh my god so none of the other rats and any of the other tubs had water and this, so this, just so everyone knows, like this was within the span of like 24 hours because I was there yesterday checking on them. It's fine. And there wasn't any of this going on. So it's, it was a, it, I caught it in time. It's not like they were sitting like this for like a week. Right. Um, so put a, a clip on it, put the nozzle back on it, and then started like went and refilled the reservoir and then started bleeding the lines to get all the air out. Right. So then I do that same tub and I'm bleeding the line. Nothing's coming out. Like I hear some air, but that's it. Go to like, okay. I'm, so then I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go to the very bottom one and bleed that. Cause maybe that'll help 
pull the, the air. If there's an air bubble or something in there, maybe it'll help pull it down and then it'll fill that line. That's, that's giving me problems. And so I got those two fine, no problem. And so then I go back to that one and this is like, it's a, it's like five or six tubs. This is like the third or the fourth one down. So I'm, I'm bleeding it. I'm bleeding it. Nothing's happening. So then I, I, because this particular reservoir doesn't have like an off, Mm -hmm. I don't have any way of like cutting it off and doing it. So I have to like put a kink in the tube, take the nozzle off and I like let it go to make sure like water's actually running through that. And that there's not some sort of blockage because I kinked it and I pulled the nozzle off and there was like this jelly Vaseline looking stuff on the end of it. And so like I flicked that off uh, and put it back on thinking maybe that's what the blockage was. So then I bleeded some more. Nothing's coming out. So I'm like, well, what the hell? So then I take it and I kink it again and, and take the nozzle out. Well, now like a chunk comes out of the hose of the same jelly stuff. And so I'm like, okay. So then I do the same thing like two more times, like unplug it, flush it, put it back in, bleed it just to make sure it's not the actual nozzle that's, that's clogged right. up now. Uh, Cause water was flowing from the tubing. No problem. So I finally figured it out. Cause like the third time that I kinked it and let it go to let water shoot out, like another chunk of that came out. So what I think what I'm fairly certain happened is that tub of rats, that line was clogged and they weren't getting water. So they chewed the hell out of that line to get to the water. But by doing that, it caused, it opened the entire system up and the entire tub flooded, which meant none of the other tubs got water. And so I fixed it now. And like, I got home, I think like five minutes till six. So I had to like eat real quick, hop on this meeting and I got it, I got it working and I got everything filled up again. Um, but now like my project this weekend is going to be just, I'm going to replace that entire line because if that one's clogged up like that, there's probably a good chance that the other ones have some of that going on too. Yeah. Um, and that's an old, it's an old line. So it wouldn't really surprise me. I don't know how long it had been on that, that rack, uh, until I got it. Um, but fortunately I have enough extra stuff to pretty much make an entire entirely new system if I wanted to like new reservoir and everything. Right. Um, but dude, like I kept bleeding it and nothing was coming out. And I'm like, what the fuck? But so then I'd go up to another one and I'd, I'd test it and everything was fine. Like the rats were going crazy cause they were thirsty, you know? Oh, yeah. So they were drinking, drinking, drinking. Um, and so I'm like, well, what, you know, what gives? And that weird, like, that jelly stuff dude i'm like hey where does that even come from like how long has that been building up in yeah there? so i put i have copper in the in the reservoirs mm-hmm. like i've at this point with the buckets i've gone and found like a two or three inch copper coupling and just put that in the water instead of like pennies and small mm-hmm. stuff like a whole coupling just goes in there um and i was hoping that over time like that would help kill off through the through the line eventually kill off all the you know nastiness and and maybe that's what it is is because this has copper in it and it has for a couple of weeks now like all that sort of gunk and slime is starting to like condense into certain areas um but i honestly I, aside from the the reservoir system that i just put together where the lines are like brand new 
um, it's probably time to go through and just replace all of them. All of them. And I have spare joints and like T sections and stuff mm. to line everything up. And what I may do is just take those and soak them in like, uh, like white vinegar or something to really get the the crud off of them. Right. Um, but dude, it was like hurrying, trying to trying to get everything squared away, and like I'm almost done, and then nothing was coming out of that line. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Uh, yeah, that but sucks, I got them squared away and it was one of those things where I was like, okay, maybe I can just leave them and I'll come back after we're done. And I was like, I don't know when that's going to be. So just went ahead and got it handled. And yeah, that's, I like, I know we've talked about feeders and stuff in the past, but like, I care about my feeders, man. Oh, yeah. Like, especially the rats. Like, honestly, if you came over and saw the rats, you'd probably get attached to them too. Yeah, that's like, yeah, I, I like euthanizing those two adults. I felt I felt bad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was quick. It was painless. You know, I, I use I gas them. So gas. It was as humane as I could possibly make it, and uh, but it's it sucks because they're curious enough to where if you walk up and you look over like through the the mesh into the tub, like they're all sitting there looking at you too, and as soon as you open it, they like take off. So they're curious, like they genuinely like want to see what's yeah. going on. Rats are smart, man. And they yeah. they've been producing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So it's real good. Now you're going through was... some food with all them things. Yeah. I went through <laughs> so that first like three or four weeks, I between them and the mice, I went through a hundred pounds of combat two fifty pound bags. Jesus. And I've been that's what Jeff and Kendra have been using for theirs because I can't find anything locally anymore. Mm. Um, you ordering it? Yeah, it comes off chewy. It's like thirty six bucks a bag. It's not horrible. Yeah. Um, and it works. You know, if like I have it on auto ship right now, um, I haven't really found the the sweet spot for scheduling to where it yeah. arrives consistently. Like so that when I run out, it's it's there. Right. Um, but I mean, I've been happy with it so far. Um, nice. I need to build another water system for. I have like my maternity rack. It's not. It's basically like when I f- I have a female in a group when I'm cleaning on the weekends, and she's clearly gravid, pregnant, whatever the word is. Um, I'll <laughs> go ahead and separate her, and usually I'll take like another female and put her with her that way because you do have like wet nursing that they'll do. So like one female will will help feed the litters even if it's not the mom necessarily, right. they'll help take care of the baby. So I'll usually put them there together. And because I mean, they're rats, they're, they're social creatures, you know, like I want to, I don't want to leave them alone right. with the babies. And it seems to work out pretty well. Um, and then I have, so I have like two, two litters right now that I've been raising up that are now like weaned that I'm probably going to separate this weekend into like a grow out tub. Um, and then move those females back into a, like production in a group. Um, and then I have a couple more, like they're regularly, like they're popping out litters regularly, but I'm trying to make sure that unlike the mice, I'm making sure I'm holding on to some grow outs because that was like the major hiccup with mice that I had for a while. Yeah. Um, was because of baby season last year. Like I was taking, taking every pinkies, pinky possible. Yeah. And then by the time I realized, Oh wait, I need to replace some of these adults. I wasn't getting any litters. You know, yeah. I now have, two groups of hoppers that are nearing adult size soon um, to sort of cycle that out. But 
you know, it seems like the rats they're because there's so many of them. I think that helps with the with the production. Oh yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so. for sure. You with can, the mice, you can actually limited, especially when they're all in the same yeah. timeline of age. You, you know can actually I mean? afford to hold hold some mice back now. And yeah, that. it's definitely taking the pressure off off of those. Um, it's just a matter. It's like the fruit fly culture with dart frogs all over again, man. It's like timing, <laughs> making sure you do it to where you're. Yeah, you have a steady supply, but you're also holding enough back to to keep the group like the colony going. Right. So, it's been fun. It's been a. I think I now it takes me like an hour and a half to clean everything on the weekends. Oh, I I'm bet, going yeah. through like two whole bricks of that pine, pretty much Jeez. a week now. <laughs> Dude, it's wild, man. Yeah. Like, I thank God I work over by Tractor Supply because usually on Fridays I'll just leave work and go straight there and buy what I need, and then I don't have to drive back into town. Oh yeah, I guess day. you are right across <laughs> the street from Tractor Supply. I did that, so it was raining. What was it last week? Constantly. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. And it, it was supposed to like downpour. And so I'm sitting at work and it's like two o'clock and I'm like, it's about to come down. Like, I need to go to Tractor Supply now because they don't yeah. cover their pine shavings and stuff. At least ours doesn't. No. So I'm like, I need to probably go and grab this now because if I wait, it's going to be soaked in the morning when I have to come get it. So I jetted over there and like was back in like 10 minutes, grabbed what I needed and got out of there. Got, they only had a couple, couple bales left. So. I was like, whatever was left would have been the trash stuff. Cause you know how yeah. like you have those bags that get split open or like they're soaking it's all wet. Fucking nasty the stuff inside. people just yeah. like leave. Yeah. I had to didn't have to dig through too many bales to find a, a decent one, but <sighs> it's been an expense. But um I don't know. I still I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could do it. I just I just don't have time for it anymore, man. I'm literally seven days a week i'm doing something you know i'm working fuck 6 30 to about 9 30 month mm-hmm. monday through wednesday thursdays i got regular work and this fridays now i have band practice saturdays clean all day sundays feed you know it's like it is non-stop and then i have to make time for my girlfriend and try to have somewhat of a social life which i don't but social lives are overrated yeah that's why i have band practice now you can see other people so chicks dig scars <laughs> yeah um so one of the things that i since we were on the topic of like breeding and stuff this year mm-hmm. i gotta say People in the corn snake groups are wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to see some of the goofiest conversations and comments in the herp world, at least that I've seen. Join any of the big corn snake groups and it will blow your mind. Yeah. yeah. I've seen some screenshots. Uh, um, so it's kind of cringy. Let me, it's a little cringy. Let me talk about an example in particular here. (laughs) Let's dive into this. Um, someone had someone in like Korea or something had, had did a post in one of the groups and was asking about breeding, um, or like what their morph was or like maybe a possible pairing. Honestly, I don't fully remember. Um, and this is something that I actually saw in the crested groups a lot too. 
Uh, and so one of the comments that kind of got the gears turning is, assuming they have no heads in common, no common gene between both parents, you will get normals visually. Oh, it, what it was is that someone was asking if they paired X snake with Y snake, what would they get? Um, but this person said, you should not be trying to breed if you do not understand genetics as you have you have to be able to correctly identify the offspring to sell them. Normals can be very difficult to rehome as there are so many already in the industry produced as byproduct. You will most likely have to give the offspring away as most people want the cooler morphs, which means you'll have to spend your money to travel to expos, rent a table, or to buy shipping supplies if you plan to ship them. Most pet stores will not take reptiles from private breeders as they only work with their approved distributors. That's a lie. You may find a small private-owned pet store. I mean, yeah, not chains, That will take but... a few if you are lucky, and rescues are relatively full. Uh, also, keep in mind that breeding should only be done... Oh, wait. I don't think I screenshotted the second half of that, did I? Why are you never prepared? I don't know. I'm sorry. Jesus. But basically, it was like a laundry list of, like, you shouldn't breed, and here's why. But then I go to the person's profile, just because sometimes when I see these things, I'm like... Wholesale corn snakes. Let me see who's, like... I got to see the person who's saying these things, because I need yeah. more context. And they breed corns. So I found it funny, because I saw it in Crested's too, all the time. People complaining... You know, because people would have a very similar post in the crested groups of, I have these, I want to breed them. And people would be like, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. You're going to get stuck with a ton of babies. The market's saturated, la, 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 la. My problem with that is, if the market's so saturated, then why are you continuing to breed? Exactly. And the way, like, as we were talking about in the group chat a little bit too, and I was like, I'll never tell someone not to breed. I will tell people like know what you're getting into before you yeah. do it because there's this romanticized idea of breeding and then yeah. there's reality. There's a little overlap sometimes, but not always. And it just baffles me that there's people that like, and it's <laughs> when I see, when I see that stuff and I see the person that's saying that and I look at their profile they're the ones that are breeding every year, it yeah. looks like. Like, they have a page that you can check and see. Like, they're producing stuff on the regular each year. But they're the ones telling people that they can't, they shouldn't breed because their of pet X, quality X, y, Z, They're yeah, normals. Yeah. No one's going to want normals. Which, there is some some validity to that. Like, normal corns. To are an you, extent, To though, an extent. You know, like, there's always going to be a market for those things. Because some people just want a corn snake. You know, and some people would be more than willing to spend 25 for a normal versus 75 for XYZ morph. You know, like, there's always a market for that. But with, with all of this said, I have one... I have one rule that I tell everybody for breeding. I, I'm I'm with you. I will never never tell somebody not to breed. I have one rule for it though. If you're going to, be prepared to sit on those animals possibly for the rest of their life. You know. Yeah. Yes, there are ways to 
kind of unload animals. There's nothing wrong with wholesaling. Wholesale to the right people if you want to get rid of a bulk of animals. But again, to the right people, don't just. It's usually a mutual beneficial thing. Like yeah, you're helping you the know? people out that are. Yeah, you know, like maybe a, they just need normals. Yeah, like a mom and pop shop. Yep. Those those places are more than willing to buy a lot of animals. Yes, you know you're not gonna make as much money, quote unquote. But again, if you're breeding, I would hope you don't really care about that as much. You want to breed to breed. But that is my one thing. Be prepared to sit or be willing to sit on those animals for a very long extended period of time. You may not have to. You may sell every single freaking baby you produce and have a great time. Whatever. But that is my one rule. If you are not prepared to sit on those babies, do not breed. If you are not capable of taking care of every single one of those babies for an extended period of time, I don't care if you have supposed guaranteed people that'll buy them. That we all Unless we all hear that. Yeah, we all hear that. Yep. You know, are you gonna make more of this? I want some. Oh yeah, I have some. Uh, I saw that with a little mount of bears. You know? And um, it just it just be like that. You know, you gotta be prepared. A lot of people you wanted know? little mount of bears, yeah. and then when I had little mount of bears, Crickets. and I messaged those same people. Crickets. Nothing. Yeah. But, you know, Not that so, I bred those low mounts because people were like, dude, I'll totally buy one. I yeah, you were, you were already sitting on yeah. for a minute. I was ready. Yeah, you know, and that's why, you know, <laughs> that's why I work with majority like $100 animals. I don't work with a bunch of high-end stuff. I you do it. handle the pressure I do it. bred chondros. <laughs> I do it because I love it, you know. Okay, look. I've got some, I got some higher-end hog noses. All right. Oh. Let's grow up. Okay. But um, yeah, shut up. But no, that's that's literally my one thing with breeding. You know, again, I'm I'm with you, and I will never tell somebody don't breed. But if you don't have the time or space to take care of those animals long term, then I would suggest you not do it. It's kind of similar to people who are like, I don't know if I should have kids or not. It's like, well, well, okay, here's what you should be prepared for. It's like, are you prepared for that? Yes. Then do have a kid. That's the other thing. Do you want a kid? <laughs> like, right. You know, right. like if, if you're not sure, well, you know, maybe, maybe wait, you know, again, and, th and that, like, and that's almost a perfect example. Like you can, there's no pressure on having a kid super soon. There's no pressure right. to breed super soon. You know, if right now, like, Oh, I'm kind of in between houses. I'm trying to move soon. I want to breed these, blah, blah. Wait, wait a year. Wait till next year. You don't have to do it now just because they're there and they yeah, could. It's just I don't could and should are two very different. I things. think there <laughs> is sort of like this this weird unspoken pressure. There is that people have like there is especially like, if you're in kind of our sector, you know, because we we talk to breeders. That some of our best friends, people we call family, breed a lot of snakes. Mm -hmm. So if you communicate with those type of people, yeah, even though it's not like a spoken pressure, it's not a, hey, you need to do this right now. I understand it. You know, if you talk to a lot of people who breed, that's all well, you want to, that's all you want to get thing. to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like every, exactly. all your friends are doing it. Everyone else is doing it. Yeah. I want to do it. So I should too, you know, but it's one of those things too, where it's like, even in that conversation, like that, on that note, like, I don't feel like I can really have much of a say because it's like. I could totally take a year off. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. You're 
eight, you could take a year off if you wanted to, but you don't want to, but you are also capable of handling said babies that you get. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to. Me, I technically could have been trying to breed these last three years. I haven't. I haven't had a clutch since 2020. You know, I had a clutch in 2019. I had a clutch in 2020. Nothing ever since because I was not in a stable place. You know, I knew things were going to be changing. Too many things were going on in my life. You can't, you can't force those things. If you force yourself to breed or again, you can't force your animals to breed. They may do it. The animals are the ones that pay the price. Ultimately. Exactly. Exactly. You know, cause if you're again, I used moving because I moved a lot mm-hmm. the last several years. And because of that, it was not good for me to be breeding. Could I have possibly gotten another clutch or two sometime in that period? Probably. Almost probably, definitely. But I didn't because ultimately my animals could have suffered. Now they are in still great health. But I think that's partially because I didn't try and push them. I didn't Mm -hmm. try and push myself. That's also on me because I did not have the time. Sometimes I had the space, but I did not have the time to deal with breeding and babies and taking care of those things properly. So I didn't, you know, it's as simple as that. You know, it's there's the pressure doesn't need the pressure is only there because of you. You know, there's no none of us are going to be like, you need to breed that right freaking now. You know, you need to breed. No, you're never going to hear that from any of us. And that's that's you why know? sort of in that, like when it comes to, you know, I ask in the group, like, should I pair the Loma Altas or should I pair the hypo to the female Loma? And it's like, yeah, getting your friends input and stuff is cool, but at the same yeah. time, you should pretty much ignore anything they say because it's like, unless they're going to praise them for you or buy them all, like, does their, does their input really, like, they're not going to be the ones having to take care of it. It's easier for them to say, yeah, pair everything. Yeah, pair them both. They're not going to be the ones that both. have to take care of all the babies. Yeah. Like, getting advice and sort of perspectives and stuff is great, but yeah, like listening to your friends in that regard of being like, I don't know what I should pair. And they just go pair everything. It's like, ignore that. Yeah. Ignore that. Unless that was already your plan, you know, like, but I guess in that case, you're not going to ask for advice because you're going to do it anyway. So what's yeah. the point of that? But yeah, no, I it's... Just, it, to me, I can't sit here and tell someone not to breed when I breed every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's really, I don't know if it's like an elitist thing for people to say, don't breed because they're normals or don't breed. I hate that, man. Uh, That's so (laughs) silly to me. Dude, there is nothing. There are a few things in life cooler. And it doesn't even matter if it's your first clutch or your thousand. Like seeing babies hatch and that excitement of not knowing fully what's going to come out of those eggs like that weird lottery sort of thing where it's like you could get oh you mean like with morphs type of thing not necessarily okay oh yeah and again like like even like with line color yeah color pattern cannot wait for the day that i get f2s from those ladies islands because i have no idea what's going to come out of that like yeah could be nothing could just be really good looking like hyper saturated versions of the f1s but it could also be something interesting because so many morphs came out of locality stuff that it's like maybe there's something there yeah but i can't tell someone like don't breed when you know that if someone's like genuinely wants to experience it and you know they they're prepared i'm all for it 
Yeah. I do think on the level of like knowing genetics and like if you don't know the genetics, don't if you don't know what the babies are genetically, don't breed like and that's where you can ask people. That's you know, that's easy. That's not around. a reason to not do it. Yeah. Um, I do think you should probably at least have a grasp of of base yeah. morphs and genetics. Yeah. But I mean, even me with like the stuff from Chris that's het for like four different things. If I pair that to something else that's het for four different things, like I'm not even going to know what the hell I'm looking at. Like there's so much stuff going on you got like percentages now and like all this kind of wacky stuff. That's why I'm hesitant to pair like the stuff that's got a ton of hets. Cause I don't even know what it's going to be. Like, how am I supposed to tell people like, this is what it is when I fully can't be for sure that that's what's actually going on. Exactly. You know, and there's, there's also, you know, other aspects to it of like, Sometimes even the people who know their morphs are you sometimes you have to prove that stuff out, you know, to actually know if it's X or yeah. Y, you know, like, you know, using Arctic with um, hognose awesome. snakes, you know, a super Arctic can look like a really nice regular Arctic or a regular Arctic can look like a really nice super. A really nice Arctic can look like a super arctic Mm -hmm. you know but again that's something you have to prove a low expression arctic could kind of look like a normal and you don't really know which way to go with it you know especially when you mix in albino that's how like like mask is and corns yeah you can have low expression mask and not even know that it's there and then you can have stuff that like might look like it's got doubled up on the mask thing going on and even in talking to sarah moore like she's there's still there isn't a final verdict as to whether mask is actually like a morph thing or if it's something that's just kind of like a, I don't even know what you'd call it. Um, if it's something that pretty much everything has, it's just expressed more extreme right. in, a, in, in some things than others. I don't, I don't know, but yeah. And it just like, yes, like I said, I think you should have a, a baseline grasp of yeah. genetics and like you absolutely you know, like should at. and if you have animals where you don't have the background like to me that's kind of interesting too like i find that kind <laughs> what's of fun. in the box you yeah. know like what's gonna come out of this and at the same time though there's enough people to where like yeah if you have your baseline knowledge which i mean you should to an extent but there's enough people out there to where you can send high quality pictures to be like hey man can you help me identify this i don't really know what i'm looking at there's at least two and, corn snake morph ID groups on Facebook. Yeah, there's a ton of people that would be more than willing to help you. You know, if you ask the right mm-hmm. people, some guys may not. You know, I can't speak for everybody. If I knew corn snake morphs, I would. You know, I don't like, because honestly, like some of them, like the the markers are so subtle. Yeah, that I'm like, if it's obvious and it's something single gene double like caramels or something, like yeah, okay. But you start getting into like the the het cinders and yeah, like no. masks and cause like the belly pattern on mask is different from regular. I don't know. It's just, there's small stuff where I'm like, I, no, I'll just sit. That's the kind of stuff that I have no issue sitting in the comments yeah. and just reading. Like Read I'm not going to put my input here because I, yeah. I have nothing to give, but I will sponge up yeah, every bit of information. And when I get to the point to where I feel comfortable being able to throw my two cents in, uh, then I will. But for the most part, I'm like, I'm good just sitting here yeah. in the back of the room watching and listening. Exactly. So all in all, I think my takeaway on the whole to breed or not to breed, you know, 
And I say my one rule was, you know, are you prepared to take them all? My other rule with it, if that answer is yes, you would be prepared to take care of them all. My other suggestion was be have everything set up, ready, like before you even pair. Know how you get a clutch of eight. Be prepared for ten babies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like because that's a possibility. Um, but you know, have you know? Because I I dealt with this. I bred. I didn't have an incubator ready. First time I bred, I had to call Justin. I need you to come here now. Help. Help. Like I got eggs. I don't have anything to put them in. I need to use yours. You know, and I learned from that. I bought an incubator before I even bred the next time. You know, it's been sitting at my house for years. It's been used once in 2020. It's been sitting ever since. You know, and have have your baby setups ready, whether that's just a couple standalone tubs, you know, uh, whether it's a rack, have that have that shit ready, man. You know, ready to rock and roll whenever you get them, you know, because last thing you want is a bunch of baby corns or ball pythons or carpets and nowhere to put them, you know, have all that stuff in place first, like before you pair, before you cool know exactly what you're going to do, figure it out, have that in place, and then rock and roll. So that's so that two, was, two things. And going back to like the normals thing, like that was something with Crested that always drove me crazy is people are like, God, there's pet quality Crested and then there's breeder quality Crested. Shut crestids. the fuck up. Pardon my French, but I hate that. That is like one of my biggest it's pet like, peeves. It's a living thing regardless. So whether it looks good or doesn't, you still have to take care of it. And then it was like... Mm. I learned, I mean, the prime example, like when I bred the, when I had the gray bands, I was, some of them, they, they weren't locale specific. And I was like, these are going to be a tough sell because locale is like all the rage with gray bands, right? The generic gray bands sold before everything else. Yeah. And you know what it was, was people just wanted a just gray wanted band. A gray they band. didn't care. You know, they didn't want a $300 christmas mountain or yeah. whatever like they just wanted a gray man because yeah. it looked good and that's it i was selling them pretty cheap um most of them were eating there was a few that weren't and those ones i sold even cheaper and told people like just know this thing is not eating regularly like mm-hmm. it's it's very hit or miss and most people were cool with that and if anything i think that goes to show like not everyone who who wants a crested wants a freaking lily white or no. a cappuccino, which honestly, the cappuccinos look horrible. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen them. They look no. bad. But for some reason, at least a couple months ago, like everyone and their mom was like, cappuccino. Now it seems like they've kind of fizzled out. Right. They look horrible. Um, lily whites are nice. And it's like, yeah, if I'm breeding, like when I was breeding Cresteds, I, I put some money into the breeders because I wanted to produce you know, equal quality babies to hold back and to sell and stuff. And then it's like, not everyone wants the highest end thing. Like some people just want to crested. It's like, they you don't realize, care if it's brown and, and yellow. Like, yeah. Like they, you realize using pet quality, you realize there's still a lot of people who just want pets. Like that's it. That's why I hate that term pet quality. Yeah. And like this whole thing goes back to something in a corn snake group, somebody posted years ago where they got their first clutch and it wasn't even the only baby they got, but the first baby out of their clutch was a normal and they were genuinely upset, upset. 
and I it made me angry. Like, how dare you? Instead of being like, I just got to clutch first, baby's out, blah, blah. You're like, it's normal. That type of person shouldn't breathe. That that made me beyond angry, you know. Phil like, had something similar uh, happen with someone. Oh my god! Ball pythons, like they bought some adult balls and came in like weeks later with a bunch of babies and like threw them down on the counter and was like, "None of these are what they what was supposed to hatch out." You did. That's the thing with morphs, like, man. I was told that these were het for this, and none of these show that. That <laughs> and was like upset, <laughs> like genuinely, like walked into underground and was like upset. That's just that the ball python she brought from them were not pet for albino or whatever but it was. That means for. absolutely fucking nothing when you're, especially when you're working with heads. Like, even if it's incomplete, the only, oh my gosh, because like that's how morphs work. Yes, if you're working with something incomplete dominant, you are very likely to get at least a few visuals. Will you get it? 100% no, you won't. Your entire clutch could look fucking normal. And that's just the name of the game. That's how it goes. It's happened to a lot of people. You know, they'll have thousands of dollars invested in these ball pythons and they produce a bunch of normals. It can happen. You know, people will put... Well, that's like the whole byproduct thing yeah. that I comment earlier said. It's like, those, you know, normals are sold as byproduct. It's like... Yeah, it's like, no, dude. It's maybe like... Maybe for people that are buying them as feeders... But even then, yeah, you know, it's just it it just irritates me. You know, there's I, I saw somebody like they did like an egg cutting thing, which that's, you know, its own conversation. But they were doing an egg cutting. This was like a, a four combo incomplete of ball pythons. Like there's almost OK, you're going to get at least one of these in this clutch. Cut it open. It was a freaking normal. You know, there were so many different morphs. There was like six or seven different morphs involved with this ball python pairing, and it was a normal. It happens. And if you're not prepared to deal with that, don't breed. You know, like, that's just like, again, I'm getting a little hot here, but that's just, that's one of the things that irritates me the most. Maybe because I love normals so much, it's all I produce is fucking normals. Um, But... That's just one of my biggest pet peeves, man. Like, if yeah, it it's, happens, it's, and you have to deal it's with unfortunate. it. It's why why do the normals have to get pushed aside as trash snakes, low quality? You know, it's like somebody calling. You know, I also hate the term bycatch when it comes to mm -hmm. herping. You know, like anytime no. I find any snake, it's I love it. Keep yeah. finding coral snakes, man. I'm trying to find you some diamondbacks, <laughs> bycatch. Yeah. You know, Itch. like that's like that's just one of that's another it's another one of those pet peeves of mine, man. Like to me, nothing is bycatch. Black racers aren't even bycatch at this point because I don't catch them. I don't really try, but I love seeing them. I'm like, oh, it's a black racer, cool. Didn't get skunked today. It's Woo. something like yeah, like as long as I see something, I'm going home happy. You know, and heck, I'll even try and go after a black racer. It's almost, I then. think it's it's. You know, it's, I just, the, those terms, bycatch, pet quality, it's, it drives me freaking nuts. Some I, of that I, stuff, I, I like think it. it's almost like the squirrel effect where you see so many squirrels on a daily basis, you kind of forget that they're even an animal. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But at the same time, I'm not one of those people. Yeah, maybe for gray squirrels, but 
Like fox see, squirrels are a different thing. I see fox, fox squirrels, but awesome. I see fox squirrels every day. Every see, I day. I don't see them hardly ever. So yeah. To me, when know, I see one, I'm like, that's freaking sweet, man. It's, I see them because I I work in all the private plantations, you know, up in Bluffton. Those things are loaded with fox squirrels. I see those things all the time. Like I've almost hit a couple of my truck. I see like yeah. 20 gray squirrels between here and the yeah. like the main road. You know, yeah, it's exactly. like we see so many of them on a daily basis. It's like well, yeah, it's a squirrel, but yeah. Sometimes if you actually stop and like watch them, they're cool, man. It's actually that's it's like this bizarre, yeah, long bushy-tailed rat. Yeah, and we see it like they're everywhere. But you know, there's somebody out there that loves those freaking squirrels more than anything. You know, it's yep. just it's just how it is. And I don't know. I guess in my opinion, I'm you know getting a little hippie here, but everything's everything's an animal. Everything has a life. You know, and it should be treated as such. It shouldn't be called bycatch or pet quality. You know, you produce that thing, well, that you saw like, that thing. Like it's perfect. It's quality to somebody with normals. You produce normals. Guess what? There's some kids somewhere that would absolutely love yeah. that normal to death and give it the best life it, it yeah. will ever have. If that's how you feel about normals, make somebody's freaking day and go give it to them. Yeah. If you really think it's so, Someone it's wants their, just kid wants their first snake. Yeah. Give them a normal. Don't even charge them for it. You know, it's just hand it over to them. Make them smile. To me, that would be worth it right there. You know, just giving, a, giving a kid I've their first snake. Come to me and they're like, hey, you know, my kid wants a snake. You know, you have any recommendations? I'm like, come to my house, pick out a corn. Yeah. Pick Straight up. Out. Yeah. Like, don't give me any money. Literally come just have pick it. them out. I'll mark yeah. the tubs and we can go through. I did that over the weekend. Yeah. My buddy Blake and his uh, his girlfriend, she has, I think, a son and a daughter. The daughter is turning 11, and he messaged me, and he's like, you know, he has some tarantulas. I kind of got him into tarantulas a couple years ago. Uh, and so he's like, you know, the so the kids are talking about wanting the snake, and he's like, you know, what, what should I get him? And I was like, corn snake. I was like, come over. You can have one. Like, she yeah. can pick it out. I'll go with you to PetSmart to pick out all the stuff you need. Like if I don't have it here to where you can just take it. Yeah. I'll go with you and tell you what you yeah. need. Like exactly without a doubt. And yeah. she came over and took one home and she freaking loves that thing. He texted yeah. me. He's like, he's like, she's like, he keeps, she keeps, she won't put it back in the tank. Like she keeps holding it. And I'm like, well, you have to give it a break. Like, you yeah. Gotta, you got to, you got to <laughs> let it chill a little you gotta bit. Got to let it chill a little bit. You got to draw a line somewhere, but, but like, all of them actually like she he know he messaged me he's like we all actually really like it yeah he's like it's really it's really cool it's a great snake and i love that yeah like gabe schuler he had another friend he's like hey man i have a friend whose daughter wants wants a corn snake you know do you have any you're selling i'm like here's some pictures of some have her pick one out come and get it and she can have it yeah because that's what it's, it's like the, get yeah. them, get, like i have this weird i don't know if it's necessarily weird but like I've had so many people hook me up with stuff that it's almost like a pay it forward kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know? And especially if you have kids who are like genuinely interested in that instead of, you know, Fortnite or TikTok. Yeah. You know? I would love to feel that passion. Like, you know, absolutely. Like get them hooked young, man. Yeah. It's, I think it's barring only people that maybe I worry about them not taking care of the animal. Right, that's that's completely that's, different. Like that's one thing. Story, but if it's yeah. someone whose kid is like genuinely interested, like I will absolutely 
give them a snake. Yeah. If you if you at least trust the adult, like you can't always trust the kid because yeah, it's yeah. a little kid. But you know, I had animals as a little kid. Like and my Justin Olson. Mom helped me. He was another one. They moved down, they came over because you know, after they had settled after about a month of moving down here, you know, they came over and they brought their daughters and his oldest, you know, she loves corn snakes. And so I was showing them some of the ones that I had hatched. And she's like, Oh, I really like that one. And I was like, Take it. There you go. And he was like, What? I was like, if Liz is okay with it, take it. And they did. <laughs> he was like, Really? I was like, Yeah, dude. He's like, Do I need to give you any money? I was like, Nope. Nope. It's like, Take it. Merry Christmas. It's one of those Tessera ghost yeah. uh het, het ghost Tesseras. Oh nice. So you know, it's just uh I think pay it forward is the best yeah. best way yeah. to describe it, you know. Like we've been so blessed with so many people that have blessed. Yeah, blessed. Pretty blessed. Um but it's just yeah, pay it forward, man. Like I'm all about that. Especially for people who genuinely care and homies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I've had so many people help me out, like I will one hundred percent pay that forward. And that's that's words from the famous Chris Payne job. Right. Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been the thanking him a million times over for stuff he sent me, and he's like, "Dude, all I ask you pay forward. That's all I want." I'm like, you bet your ass I will be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. And uh, yeah, and I mean, it was funny because you know when they came over over the weekend, like I went through and showed him some options, and I was like, you know, this is a slightly older animal, but you know, he's a little little food crazy he's in that sort of weird yearling yeah. phase where if it moves they can eat it um you know i have some smaller stuff that's a little more skittish um i have some slightly larger stuff that's you know much more relaxed and i showed him an adult you know i pulled out absinthe that that ghost tessera mm-hmm. and i was like this is a this is an adult this is a female that's bred like three years running and like it's totally manageable told him i was like get a 20 gallon it'll be good yeah like for life that's way too small, dude. Some people may. It's way too small. How, That's an entire. How dare topic. you? How dare you suggest that on this podcast? She took a yearling with her, so she didn't get nice. an adult. But, um, it's just it's cool, man, because you know it made made her day. She was she was pumped. And- I'm all about just making somebody smile, man. If I can make somebody happy, that's. We're not in the business of making money. No. We're in the business of making smiles. Making smiles. <laughs> that's why we do this podcast, just to make everybody smile. So, and that's why, like, when I see this stuff on the groups of like, you shouldn't breed because you're not going to be able to get rid of any of this stuff. And it's like, it's, yeah, if you're new and you haven't bred before, uh, don't go breed in five different pairs. Yeah, start small. Start with one if you want to dip your like, foot into it. But, dude, I am so sick of the negativity in this hobby. You know, we we're kind of talking about it a little bit today in the group chats and like, this is your circle matters, man. Yeah, man. Like this is an Hold outlet close. for a lot of us. This is an outlet, you know, somewhere we can escape, whether it be in our snake rooms, talking to other snake people, talking to your homies, whatever. At least for me, it's, it's an escape to kind of get away from all the other BS life has to offer, you know, for aside from more stuff, something I can do that isn't work. It's not something I have to rely on to survive. You know, it's just something I genuinely enjoy. And 
you you got to cut it out with the the crap man like all the drama all the bs that a lot of people bring into it and it's like it's it's a hobby man it's not like it's your for some people it is yeah for a lot of people it's their full-time job you know and yeah they kind of have to take it more seriously but at the end of the day we're keeping snakes in boxes yeah you don't have to not tear people down and talk bad to people and you know just obviously if somebody's doing that on you then like you know just kind of leave it where it's at you know don't entertain it whatever but you know you can only police yourself yeah and and you can't control what anybody else does or says like the whole i hear a lot of like oh we need to start policing the hobby better no no one actually does it though no, and everyone talks about thing. it needing to happen, but you it never can't. actually happens. Like no one does. It's not gonna matter. Like even you saying, you, hey, even this guy's you, an asshole, yeah, isn't gonna make him just disappear and stop. That's the thing. Like, yeah, everybody's like, oh, we need to police ourselves. No, police yourself, control yourself, your actions, your words. There's nothing you can do about everybody else. Everybody else is gonna do, say whatever the hell they want. If they ask you for an opinion, you can give it, you're entitled to your opinion, and they asked for it in the first place. But if it's not asked, it's probably not wanted. You know, the pod father <laughs> says vote with your dollar, but it's not just that. I think it's vote with your follow, vote with your like. Yeah. You know, especially the people that are much more public with the, you know, the the bullshit and free handling and stuff. It's like if you if you don't give it attention collectively, yeah, you know, you then the only people that are remaining in terms of watching them and what they do are the people that aren't in the hobby and are just there to see them when they're in the hospital. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't pay it any mind. I'm honestly on social media limited nowadays. I try to get, I try to get on there just to stay in touch with people with being busy and stuff, man. I just, I don't really bother with it that much. I don't remember. What, oh, excuse me. I don't remember the last time I posted on my Instagram. It's been, probably over a month i even know i don't really care you know because my animals are my focus and the people i love in this hobby are my focus so i try and keep in touch with them i try to talk to them but at the end of the day the hobby for a lot of people it's your time to be a little selfish it's your time it's something that you do something you enjoy focus on you with it you know and only care about that Keep what makes you happy. Post what makes you happy. Talk to the people that make you happy. Just be happy with it. Don't bring, don't entertain the drama. Pay it no mind. Do you. Be happy. Bob Marley. All that good stuff. So, that's my rant. I just, man, like I said, like these corn snake groups, it's just wild. <laughs> people post you pictures of their setup and just get absolutely roasted dude oh my god this girl posted uh, oh my god is this okay for my corn snake edit she's not in this cage it was just small and cute and she's small and cute so i figured it worked she's currently in a 25 gallon tank there was screenshots sent in sent to the group one of the group chats of that one someone said no please see my enclosures examples of what's appropriate and it's like got like random ass like cacti and shit in there Someone said cover most of the mesh with a book and yay, ye. I don't know what that means. 
too small of a tank to have proper heat gradient. Please join Corn Snake's Advancing Husbandry. Lots of files to read through to give you the knowledge to give your snake a quality life. Someone just said, not even close. Tips already given. <laughs> they definitely need a cool side hide and a warm side hide. Absolutely not. I have a very small juvenile corn snake in a 40-gallon, <laughs> which is still small. No yeah. excuse to have a small cage unless your snake is disabled somehow. Yeah. And then this one guy has like a freaking six foot tall cage that looks like it's about two or three feet wide and it's covered in a bunch of fake plants. Yes, branches help for enrichment, but don't listen to this guy. He likes to house multiple together, which isn't recommended unless you want a dead snake or hundreds dollars worth of vet bill. Like, I just, like, good God. Like, I feel for people, man. Like, some of these people, yeah. this is their first snake, and it's like, this is what you're greeted That's with. That's why, like, I really don't post stuff like that. You know, if it comes to enclosures and stuff, if I need to make sure something's adequate, I message somebody that I respect and know does this a lot and be like, hey, is this good? I don't really, I don't post on groups like that at all. I mean, Especially point, in my just, setups. Like, I don't do setups pictures it's nope. entertainment at this point for me because some of the stuff they get said is just wild it's, it's just, just it so makes, out there it's it like, makes me mad it makes me mad so that's why i really don't like where did this where did this thought process it. of baby corns need a 40 gallon aquarium if not bigger because like i don't i asked that at the in the group at one point like when did that become a, a thing like when who who started that the whole like massive enclosures for a snake that isn't massive and like just over the top. Cause there, there is a point where it's, it's like, okay, that's, that's a bit much. Yeah. You're kind of, you're pushing a little bit. Like, yeah, we're not keeping adult corns in V 15s. No, but we're also not keeping adult corns in four by two, 400 by gallon aquariums. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know, but this person posts, and then you have another one that says, there needs to be at least two hides on the warm side of the tank and the cool side. If there is no warm side, you need to create one via appropriate heating. So he needs at least one more. Mine has four to choose from and uses them all. He also needs a lot more clutter. And by that, we mean little fake plants, branches, things he can slither through and hide below so he doesn't feel so exposed. They don't need to be pricey. I get my fake plants from Michael's. The dish might also be too small. They need to be able to soak. I just use a metal dog dish. That tank might also be too small, although I'm not sure how grown your corn snake is. They need to have enough space lengthwise to fully stretch out from end to end. I'd also switch the bedding to Aston so it doesn't get so humid inside, although you will still need to monitor temps and humidity. And then <laughs> instead of, someone else said, instead of making fun of people, you could realize that our animals deserve the absolute best possible. We people in this group are not the ones who originally brought them in from the wild and start to breed them for our own wants as pets. But we may, but we as owners can ensure that the animal we have can have their enclosures as close to their natural environment possible and not some bullshit plastic everywhere that they wouldn't see in real life. Which someone responded, that, they're going to see a giant glass container in real life. <laughs> see, that that that's the thing. That's not, the, that's that's not the a thing. difference. The I only don't... reason I asked to begin with was she is a baby and I felt it was okay but I feel as owners of the same species, you would get the rest of it. That's like, just... that's what kind of irritates me the most. Like whether it's plastic, realistic, that's for you. Okay. 
Let me tell you what you say. Oh, the snake! You need to make it realistic. Well, you know how many snakes I found in trash, literal trash, plastic. They hide under tin for the love of God. You know, like there's so many. Yes, the naturalistic enclosures are beautiful, and I love them. I would love to do more. That is because I'm not against it. it Looks great within reason. Yeah, no, within reason, man. Like, and that's the thing. If you want to go all out. You want to go all out? That's fine. That's fine. But don't down the people that are using a bunch of plastic shit in their enclosures. You know, like those. Rack's bad. It's. Uh, uh, again, this is all why I don't really post stuff like that. I don't. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like to be negative or anything like that. It's just. I can't imagine what it's like to be someone sort of coming into the hobby now. And when you ask a simple question of like, is this setup okay? Like you have literally 50 to 75 people just tearing you just apart. Absolutely rip into you in the comments. And it's like, you, you didn't know any better. It's not like they did it on purpose. And that could honestly make that person not want to keep snakes anymore. It sure as hell you would know? make me not want to ask questions. Yeah, no, making not want to ask questions could deter people from keeping in general. Like, Oh, Every baby corn snake I get needs to be in a 40 gallon. Oh man, I guess I shouldn't be keeping. What am I going to do when it's adult? You know, like, come on, man. I, I, I yeah, can't, I it, can't with people. I just, I feel, I feel for folks, you know, and it's, it, that's another, I don't understand if like you see something asked in a group, you're under no obligation to answer. Like, is there really a point in saying like, your setup's wrong. There's already people have already told you what you need to do here. Like, what's the point of that comment? Yeah, shut up. Like, what does that what does that add to the proceedings? That's why in Nothing. scenarios like that, if I disagree with everything that's in the comments, I'll message the person and be like, hey, like, just so you know, like, I'm not gonna get into all that. But like, this is what I do. Your setup that you're talking about is fine. Provide these things. If your ambient temps are below this, add supplemental heat. But essentially, you want this size for this size snake, X, Y, Z. They can live in so many different environments. It's mm-hmm. kind of insane where how they will thrive. They can thrive in a lot of different styles of keeping and do just fine. You know, in my opinion, if they're eating, they're pooping, they're moving, they're active, Not they're drinking. Health issues. Hey, that's thriving to me. And. That whole thing too. Like we'll never fully know <laughs> until know? we have the technology to jump into their brain and see what they're thinking and you know, or lack thereof, because condos are dumb. Uh like we'll <laughs> never we'll never know exactly what's going on, whether what we're doing is great or horrible or somewhere in between. Like we can only go off what we see yeah. and make decisions from that. And to be honest, what we see is snakes basically the process is like a lot of animals out there is eat drink sleep sex like it's just kind of how it goes and if all those things are happening and you're doing something right lately that's something that i've kind of thought about too in terms of putting it into perspective is like you have to remember the role snakes play in nature yeah which is pretty much entirely rodent control yeah like that's what they're here for that's their job 
is to literally keep mice and rats and other things in check. Yeah. Pest control. They're not here to traverse a two mile plot of land that they claim is their own. Like it's survive and eat. Yeah. Don't get, don't get eaten. You know, like like a lot of snakes spend nine times out of 10 hiding. I just think it's over. It's all like the whole, (laughs) I have no issues with Uh, enrichment. I have no issues with wanting to give like naturalistic setups or larger setups. Not a problem. Again, within reason, but it's also like, let's not forget what these things are made to do and what their role is. And they don't have any other concept of anything, but that role. They just literally want to eat. They want to survive like a snake does what a snake does just like squirrels i don't look at squirrels and say that oak tree isn't big enough it needs a bigger (laughs) oak tree like the squirrel don't care the squirrel's just trying not to get eaten by a freaking hawk (laughs) or get hit by a car because it can't decide which side of the road it wants to run to you know what i mean like it just the whole thing it's like the squirrels aren't worrying about the trees yeah. not being big enough. That's it. Like that's the how snakes not worried about whether it's in a 40 gallon or a 20 gallon. The snake just wants to know, am I secure? And yeah. is there food? Snake wants to know. And die. where are the ladies? Yeah. That's it. Much like most of your local club rats. Yeah. Pretty much. People may know, not man. agree with that. And it's just like I said, it's that's purely my opinion. If you don't agree with it, you don't agree with it. That's all good. At the I end guess, of the day, if your snake's healthy and eating, what whatever works, man. Yeah. And that 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 ties it into the whole like, are we keeping them because that's sort of what's best for the snake, or are we think doing it for us? Like, or are we keeping them in a like over the top manner because it makes us feel some type of way? No matter how over the top it is, it's not outside. So that's that's my thing. If you're gonna pull the whole, oh, we're not the ones bringing them in, but we're the ones who took them, so we blah blah blah. Like honestly, if that's how you feel, you shouldn't buy snakes. I mean, if we're taking you know, like the natural like... approach, then it's like hatch a clutch and then kill all but two of them. <laughs> Feed them to a bunch of hawks. Yeah. That's, that's the likelihood of what's going to happen. Yeah. Two, I think, is might be pushing generous. It. Might be pushing it with two. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's the kind of conceptual stuff that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Just yeah, and like, again, this is the stuff that irritates me, and it's also why I don't really deal with it. I don't get on groups like that. I don't look at it because it makes me upset. And again. I avoid that at all costs when it comes to keeping. I don't like to get. Angry. I don't get, I don't like to get upset angry. about as much anymore. Like I used to get kind of heated, and then just kind of like, why am I getting upset? Like even if I go on there and say something, it's not going to change everybody's mind. Like no one's going to go, oh wow, you're right. It I'm, upset. I'm the reason it upsets me. The reason it upsets me. I I never say anything about any of that. But the reason it upsets me is because you could be ruining somebody's experience keeping their first snake. You know. Or keeping in general, you could be ruining the hobby for somebody, and that's that's genuinely why it upsets me. Because like you're wrong information, you bashing this person for whatever reason, 
could very well be ruining their experience with their possibly their first snake. You know, it's like in that and, movie Apocalypto when they have to run away as they like shoot arrows at them, and the people that run straight lines are the ones that get hit first. But the guy that like zigzags, like the main character, he survives and makes it all the way to the other side. Like you're just sitting there on the sidelines, like watching the ones that run the straight line and ask questions in these groups get absolutely gunned down. Yeah. And then every now and then you'll see the one that like zigzags and makes it to the other <laughs> side. And it just, yeah. And it just, it... that's why this is also why I recommend to anybody new, if you're listening to this, if you're new to the hobby, message somebody established you know message don't just post in a group and get any jokes and if they don't have time to answer you then go to somebody else yeah shoot them a message see what they think somebody who's bred these things reproduce them because that to me that's We're not talking specifically corn saying yeah anything. no anything if somebody has raised animals from a baby their entire life and has reproduced them they're doing something right okay Talk to several people, but talk to them personally. Come up with your own opinion. That's exactly what I have done. My style of keeping is a combination of what a lot of different people do. And that's always evolving. But because there's always going to be room for improvement. But like take your base people and talk to them, those people personally. Because like there's no there's no perfect recipe for it. You know, there's guidelines that you need to follow and parameters you need to be in and then come up with how you think it needs to be done. What works for your situation? Yeah, exactly. Because not everyone's situation is the same. Exactly. What works for you? You know, combine how you want to keep with how they need to be kept in those bare minimums and kind of make your own style. You know? Yeah. That's all you can do. Don't let don't let the haters get you down. Everyone, just remember, we were all new yep. at one point or another. Yes, we were. And if you get tired, that was always the thing with the carpet group. Like one of the carpet groups was like people got tired of people asking, "What car- what's my carpet?" It's like we all ask that at some. You, well, point. not even that, but you know, it's like you're not again. You're not under any obligation to answer. And like, yeah, you see that question, you know, twenty times a week. But for that person, it's the first time. Like, yeah. they don't know. And at that point, they're not in the group. At that seeing point, everyone else ask that question. Like, this is new to them. It's a yeah. foreign concept. At that point, instead of commenting and being like, refer to X Y Z message and be like, hey, this is kind of the rundown. Yeah, we get this a lot. I can tell you how many of the same questions I've answered coming when it comes to that kind of stuff. I've answered the same questions over and over. It's just a matter of perspective and and remembering that. Yes, it's the same question, but it's from different people that have no connection to one another that don't know that that question gets asked constantly. They may have just joined the group and haven't taken the time to scroll through 10,000 posts. Yeah. And it's just the funniest thing too is like if it's that much of a problem, then just don't be in the group. Yeah. Like if you're tired That's of seeing the other big it, start your own group and then yeah. like no beginners allowed. Not even necessarily that, <laughs> but basically like start up you can make groups private to where people can't find it. Yeah. You can like there's literally an option when you make a group to make it so that it is not searchable and it's invite only. I didn't know that. 
Like that's what the Bears group is that we have. Invite only. Cool kids only. Nerds but if someone was allowed. new to Bairds and some like they got an invite from somebody else, like wonderful. Come in, ask questions. Like, what's my what what locality do you think my Bairds is? Like, I guarantee you everyone in that group would be more than willing to toss in their their ideas of what it yeah. is. Like I just I think your your exposure to Facebook groups in general, in my opinion, for everybody should be minimal. I think if you're in a ton of yeah. Facebook groups and you're seeing like you're inundated with like the roasting that we get and see, it wears you down. Facebook in general wears you down. Yeah. You know, so that's why I've always kept my my group involvement and groups that I'm actually in or active in like really minimal. Uh, and I mean, even like the, the THN group, honestly, like I, I don't even really post in there. I'm, I rarely even check it and it's our own group. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's also one of those things where it's like I, every one of my groups that I, that I have made, like there's no drama and bullshit. And if there is, it's like, it's, it's cut out before, you know, it really get gets, gets, gets out of hand. It's not even that. It's no. just like, I'm not like, I think the group that we have in terms of like our friends and then people that are, yeah. you know, in the THN group and stuff like everyone kind of knows each other. And I don't think anybody, like, yeah. there's no one there that's like inflammatory or cancerous to where they're just going to cause problems, you know? Right. And I think everyone kind of has a mutual, everyone I think is on sort of a similar level in terms of like interest and involvement and stuff. Right. Um, and I don't, I think that's kind of why we don't have any issues. It's like everyone's there for the same reason. Like we're all just kind of hanging out. It's a small circle. Talking snakes. You know? I like to keep it that way. That's why like the Condro groups and stuff, I kind of got out because it was just, it was like the more I was in there and seeing it, like it's just the less, it felt like it was really sucking the fun out of keeping that species. It's like (laughs) this really isn't. Yeah, as serious as you guys seem to think it is, like it's yeah, it's not rocket surgery. Rocket surgery. We're not curing cancer. We're keeping snakes in boxes. They might be expensive snakes. <laughs> they might be very expensive. And it just snakes. a lot of it just felt like it was one big like chain wallet dick swinging contest, man. Where it was yeah. like, this is how much money I can spend on a condro, and then. I, I just, I don't, I hate to like bitch about the Condro groups and stuff. There's just, there's a reason I kind of pulled out of, of them and it wasn't, you know, any one in particular. It was just overall, I was just like, this is just, I don't know. Like it, it was like this, it, it was, it was, it felt like it was just taken, for me, it was taking away some of the enjoyment of just keeping yeah, animals. Like, like they're Condros, dude. They're sucks, cool as hell. It like, sucks the fun out of a lot of it. But I say that with hesitation because it's like it's a Facebook group. Like it shouldn't suck the fun out of what's going on in my room. Like what's actually happening yeah. tangibly in my life should not be affected by what's going on no. on the internet. Um, yeah, and that's also but a I just, very good point. I found my my eyes rolling and I started getting um, like pulled pulled muscles in my eyeballs. And see, that's why. Like, okay, that's like, this a, is just I'm good. That's a prime example why I don't because I know me and I get irritated at people being jerks and saying stupid stuff. And I just, 
I know it will affect me, so I don't let it. And there wasn't anybody in the yeah. Conjure groups that was just like a jerk or anything. No, like yeah, that. No, no, it was no, just like no. one of those things where it's like, like it's is this bullshit. just one big thing where we just try to one up each other with the most expensive snake possible? Hmm. You know, I got my handful of Chondro people that I still sort of talk to on the regular and whatnot, and they're pretty much people that I got stuff from and that got yeah. stuff from me. It's just whatever. It's, it's whatevs. Nothing against the Chondro community. There's nothing against no, the people that keep Chondros and stuff. I just was just found it to not really be my scene, you know. And you don't need. That's the the glorious thing about all of it is you don't need the social side. Like this, so it really has nothing to do with the hobby. Like, thank God, like whatever happens on social media and Facebook has zero bearing on what goes on in my room, yeah, and no effect on uh, me enjoying things, you know, on a on a daily basis when I go in and it's it's a clean good... waters. I'm not worried about the you know what people are getting roasted on about in the corn snake yeah. groups as I'm cleaning corn snake tubs. Like I'm just not paying attention to it. It's a good outlet for getting new ideas, talking to people, getting your hands on snakes, selling snakes. It's what social media really should be about when it comes to that is education, networking, talking with people. And the Whatever. the but, the homies. Yeah, the homies, man. If we didn't have Instagram and Facebook and cell phones, you know, can talk to all these we'd amazing people. We'd be having pen pals all over the place. Imagine a group <laughs> chat with oh, all God. 30 of us and we're having to write each other letters. That'd be awesome. Getting our own freaking mail truck. I tell you one thing I am going to try and do more of, hopefully this year, uh, it might be more, you know, it's going to be, it's moving forward in general. One thing I am going to be trying to do is going to visit people more often. And trying to make that more regular, you know, because that's that's something that used to happen regularly before social media and all this stuff Back in my day was around, you know, not in my day, but in the day. Uh, that's what people did. You know, if you wanted to see what somebody had for sale, you went and saw them. You sent them a fax or a carrier. Pigeon. Yeah, you know, but you normally you drove there, spent the day there, whatever. You know, and I feel like social media has pulled away from a lot of that and, you know, face to face interactions and really building these friendships that we have, you know, and that's something I really want to try to do a lot more just in general moving forward is actually going to see these people and, you know, doing what I can to have more personal interactions instead of through a fucking screen, you know, that, that, that's just me. You know, I like to see people. I like to interact with people and I like to see other people's collections. I like to you know? feel their snakes. Yeah. Of course, and personal. Um, but, you know, that's just something I want to try and do more of, you know, this year and the next several years, you know, just go visit more, mm-hmm. go see more people. I'm, ti- hate- I'm tired of Daytona being the only time that I get to see any of these guys, well i mean you know like i'd love to go see phil more but phil might as well live on the freaking moon <laughs> like i want to go down that way at some point but i'm probably like, i'm probably going down south and come springtime i'm gonna go visit skylar again we're gonna ride down south and have us have us a time do more jumps on his dirt bike yeah probably evil, evil. yeah that was awesome but oh man, died, but it was great. Yeah, I, I know it was. 
slipped a disc. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. I've had worse. I, I hate overall. Much, much like worse. <laughs> I will have to say, like I hate bitching about social media like this because I feel like everyone does, and it's become super cliche at this point. But eh. it's not necessary. You don't have to partake. Yeah. You don't have to be in the party. You can just party hardy. Have a nice calm night in with your friends. The homies. Instead of the the virtual Thunderdome that we find ourselves in. Saturdays are for the boys. Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> Who runs Barter Town? Yeah. Master Blaster. It's not that serious. So, again. We're all here to keep snakes. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. enjoyable. It's stop, awesome. Stop making it. There's other people that enjoy drama. it too. Stop making it drama filled. The, the great equalizer. The equalizer. great unifier. Except for the people that think barons are better than rhinos. All of those people can right. burn in hell. All those people are right. But there's a special place in hell for you all. Hope you know that. Right in front of you guys. I am going to do more herping this year. You better. God is my witness. I'm going, dude. I'm telling you soon. I'm hitting. I'm hitting it. Yeah, I'm dragging your ass with me. Okay. I stacked that tin. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't. You stacked it. I went and stacked. I made a couple different stacks. And just going to your dad's house and walking around oh while you're doing mice doesn't count. That never counted as like legit okay. herping. That was just one of those just things where it's like we're here. Let's like sure. let's poke around, see what. Yeah, see what no, we can I agree. Find. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I want to go back out to Donnelly. Yeah. I want to go hit up that little Edisto area that we that little nature in Jacksonboro. Yeah. That I was telling you about. Yeah. We need definitely got to hit that up. We need to go to Pickney Island. Yep. We need to go to the um, Fuxky. The Fuxky. Yeah, definitely need to go there. I'm going back to Florida for sure. Um, it, it was an easy trip yeah, to go would, see Skyler. Go herping with Casey. I'm, it sounds like that's entertainment enough. You don't even have to find anything. You just watch Casey <laughs> play with one thing while he's got a pygmy between his legs that he doesn't even know about. Yeah, it'd be like that. Florida. Yeah, I'm probably going to try and plan a trip. You got to get a black box soon. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Need to plan. I told Jen that I was going to talk to you about figuring that out and when we were going to make that happen. Whenever, man. Just tell me when. Speaking of. Make time. This episode was brought to you by Black Box Cages. You need to check them out. Use the code THN at checkout. Get 10% off your order. Um,. There's some really, really cool stuff they're doing with, with, uh, we actually, I posted the video that was, that was done on, on some of the new updates to their racks. Um, Very cool. literally within the last like week or so. So if you go to the THN page and look that up, uh, I think it was green room pythons posted the video on his YouTube channel. So you can find it there. Uh, but there's some features with these, these like the V70s and some of the other racks in particular that they're doing, um, A longer, the lines. big one being, and I'm kind of amazed that no one's done this before. And maybe it has been done and I'm just not aware of it. But as far as I know, this is a, a first. And with the V70 tubs, I know Jake has had issues being able to reach the back to, for pro placement. I can't even reach the back of the tubs 
for probe placement and it's a real pain. So yeah. what Blackbox has done is they've routed like a squared off sort of U shape uh, and then the probe goes under the heat tape and it, they have a way of like sort of locking it in. And the way you can access that is on each level, there's like a little door that uns- that's you screw that comes out and you can attach the probe on any of the levels you need to, but you can just access it right there. Like you don't have to yeah. fight it and figure out like tape it down and then hope that it stays taped. Like you have access to it from the back of the rack to pr- place your probe wherever you need to. Uh, and then what I didn't realize they also did was they put like a fail safe on there. So it's set to where if it, like the tape reaches above, I want to say it was like 140 degrees. It cuts off. Like there's a fail safe uh, on there. Wait, on what? On the tape, on the tape itself. Like there's a module they have. Oh. Once it gets, if it gets above a certain temperature, like the wiring it, to the tape. Yeah. Okay, because I was gonna say I think that would be more of a thermostat thing. No, this is but, separate from the thermostat. Yeah. Okay, I'm tracking. Uh, and then they wow. have it so that, you know, they have it all routes down to one of the plugs. So like what you usually use to plug from like the back of a computer into the wall that has that mm-hmm. squared, like what the VE thermostats have that mm-hmm. plugs in the power cord for that. Mm-hmm. Everything runs to one of those outlets at the bottom of the rack. And so then you can just plug that into the wall and you can get different lengths of that power cord. So you know what I mean, though, right? Like that, the sort of, how many sides is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, like a hexagonal, pentagonal type shape I think that plugs into the, like the when you plug in the VE thermostats, like the you power the cord into that. the back of the actual yeah. thermostat. Yeah. yeah, that same cord Yeah, plugs into the bottom of the rack and then you I can see. get different lengths and stuff. So just like. Small stuff that I That's think makes a, a world yeah. of a difference. I didn't know that. The failsafe is a mm-hmm. big one. Big, big, big one. You yeah. know, because like my biggest thing with heat tape, that actually honestly would make me feel 10 million times better about heat tape. You know, if it if that failsafe is there, because like me, I, I'm weird about thermostats. You know, I know there's alarms and a lot of them, but... If, if your snake, home to hear if that alarm, yeah, it doesn't, do much it doesn't do anything. Or if your snake room's across the house and it's three o'clock in the morning and you're you're a heavy sleeper, it's too little, too late, you know. But if you walk in and all your snakes are pushed to the front of the freaking tub, and you're like, hmm, I wonder if something's wrong. Go check it. See how it's turned off. You know, you need to replace your heat tape right there. It's always recommended to replace your heat tape. But you're not going to burn down your house. That's the biggest thing. Like the snakes will probably be okay. Some species, maybe not, but let's face it. That's a risk using heat tape, no matter what. But in my opinion, the biggest risk with any heat tape in general is the fact that you could, if there's a malfunction, you could potentially burn down your house. Yeah. And that's a scary thing. The green room pythons guy mentioned is like, if your thermostat fails on, yeah, it doesn't like shut off, I guess. I guess it depends it on the model you're using. It depends, yeah. Um, but this is just another layer of yeah protection. Sort of protection, and it sounds like too they've changed up their heat tape, so they're not using the same heat tape they've used in the mm-hmm. past. This is a little different and has like some sort of adhesive on the bottom of it. Really? Um, I'll have to ask Jen more. Yeah. Uh, but, anyways, yeah. awesome, cool upgrades or updates to a you know 
that that are making them continue to be a, a an even superior brand more awesome products right they thought it was good before it's only wait getting better. till you get it now but you know what's hotter than a rack that's almost on fire oh yeah venom hot sauce from steve sanctuary oh yeah hope you have your thermostat alarm on because <laughs> it's gonna be going it's gonna be going because it's hot because you need to go over to stevesnakeshirt.com and get you some Venom Hot Sauce. Grab the whole set. Collect them all. Help Steve out. He's a good dude. We love him. He's doing awesome stuff. Uh, and if you like hot sauce, I mean, it's a no-brainer. At the very least, it's collector's items. So you have no reason not to. Yeah, they're great. Um, we did a video many years ago now. Yeah. He trying all of them. Jeff and Kendra did a video. A while ago, not quite as long ago, trying them all. Check those out if you want a little virtual taste. Slate read raffle. It's happening right now. Go get some slots while you still can. Please join us live on the 27th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We'll be doing the drawing live on Snakes and Stogies that night. And uh, I'm so mad I'm going to be working. It'll be good. I told you you're going to be sick that night. Cough, cough. Dude, I can't, man. I then can't. again, if it's not till 9, I'm usually home by 9.30. So I can pop on later. Yeah. So we'll I'll be, just, I'm I'll sure we'll in. still be going. I'll hop in after. So, so that'll cool. be good. Um, We've already raised, coming up on five grand. Wow. We're almost, almost there, just shy. So it's very good. Just to make that clear, 100% of the funds received from this are going to Slate. The reads. The reads. To help with Slate. So, this is name. No funny business going on here. That's right. So, um, if you want to learn more about Slate's condition, check out our last episode. We were Ryan. on with Ryan Reed. He talked about um, Slate and his condition going quite on? a bit. Yeah. So, if you want to learn more about that, Please check that out. Reach out to Ryan. He's very open to talk about it. Um, so show your support if That's you right. so choose. Uh, we will be back for Snakes and Stogies Monday. Anna Maria's birthday was Monday this week, so that's why we didn't have it. Mm. You know, I messaged Phil. I was like, "Hey, you know, who should we who should we get?" And he's like, "Oh, it's like it's Anna Maria's birthday. We can't this week." And I was like, oh, "Okay." Tried to get a Corn Stars episode together sort of last minute. That didn't happen. So I just texted Chris and was like, we'll just figure something else out. So uh we are in the in the works of trying to hunt down some some folks for, for that. So hopefully an upcoming episode of Corn Stars is happening. And we'll have to figure something out for like the five year show. I feel like we say that every year with the anniversary thing and we never really do anything like special, special, but yeah, we normally just do uh, a one-on-one. Maybe we got to change this year. Remember the old days. Simpler times, simpler times. When we were butt boys, now we are men. Not butt boys. <laughs> but we were only boys. Oh, man. Anyways. Yeah. You are Thank a butt you, boy. This is episode 184. <laughs> your pedagogy podcast thank you thank you for listening watching however you are whether it's morning afternoon or night
Thank you. We bid you a good one. We love you. Look.